Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Do you know that every bad decision that you've ever made, you made? Like, bad things happen in life. Like, there's things that that happen to us that that we aren't responsible for. You know, someone backs into your car or, you know, a tree falls over or something. There's things that happen in life that, yeah, like, exactly. There's things that happen in life that that we're not responsible for, that, that, you know, accidents happen. But every bad decision that you've ever made, you made. (laughs) And some of them are funny. And some of them are. I actually had a conversation with a, a young married couple this week where they were looking to sell their house and, and the, the sale sort of happened and they're waiting on settlement. So they're waiting for the money to come through. And while they're waiting for the money to come through, the, the husband found this bargain online. I know. It, this motorbike was like so cheap. It's like literally making money. Like, it's an investment. These are all the things that I've said to a vet when I've tried to buy things. Um, and, 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 like, you can't lose. It, wow. And so he buys this motorbike. And what happens with settlement? It gets pushed back and pushed back. And now finances are getting tight. And, like, they, they had the money. He made a decision. Was it a good or bad decision? Like, do you need food? Like, well, you know, food comes and goes. Motorbikes are forever. I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I, oh, it's, it's tricky. But he made a decision and he has to live with it. Potentially, it was a bad decision, time-wise. You know, a few months, it'll be an awesome decision. But at the moment, there's some pressure within the family. He made a decision and they've got to live with the consequence of that. We have all made bad decisions in life. All of us. Some of them we thought they were good at the moment only to find out the timing was wrong. Other things we've made a decision and it's just been outright wrong. Poorly thought through, spur of the moment. Let alone the times when we've made a decision to say something out of anger or act in a way that's been inappropriate. And in doing that we've damaged a relationship. Today we're going to open up God's word to see how we can both make wiser decisions, but also to see the decisions that God made as a part of his story rather than us making decisions that are part of our story. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning as we open up Scripture that you'll help us to see the truths in your word, to see that there is one story that matters the most, and it's a bigger story than our own. Help us to see you the way that you see us, and speak to us where we need to hear it the most, both as individuals, but also as your church. In Jesus' name, amen. So a bit of a recap. Last week, we left off with a tension in our series about the one story, the one story that matters the most. And the tension was that there is this broken relationship between us and God. So God made us, 
God, which means that you're not an accident. God loves us. God made us for a relationship and you have purpose because there was a reason for his creation. So we have identity in, in God's creation, which is a good thing. So we've left with identity, but we chose not to fit God's plan. We chose our own rules. We chose our own kingship over our lives. And in doing that, we broke the relationship. And in the Bible, they call that sin. And so there's sin in the world. And this is the tension that we're sitting in, is there's still sin. Yes, we are created. Yes, we are loved. Yes, we have purpose. But we can't be with God because he is perfect and and we can't have imperfection with perfection. It kind of looks a little bit like this. It's like, this is a bit of a spoiler alert for, for Friday for those that are coming on Good Friday. It's kind of like you're about to run a race. And in the race, there's a few, there's, there's rules in the race. You've got to stay in your lane. That's part of the rules. And, and in the race, you've got to, you wait for the, the gun to fire or whatever the, the sound. And then you, you launch off the, the blocks and then you, you run. And then the first person to finish the other side without pushing other people over wins. Like, and, and so there's, there's some rules. Not a heap of rules, but there's some rules. And, and you've trained for the race and you've got all the right gear on and all the sponsorship stuff, if you, you know, and, and you're ready to go and you're, and you're ready for this race. And then they go, ready, set, and you're full of nerves and you've trained and you're so anxious and you're ready and, and you just go. But it's about a second before the gun goes off. You've, you've started just that little bit early. And they don't stop it. Everybody starts running and everybody waits for the gun to go off and everybody starts running. And you beat the other people like by metres. So even though you started that bit early, it wouldn't have changed the outcome anyway, even if you started late. You, you won convincingly, like you did everything right. But because you started early, you're disqualified. You see, when it comes to our relationship with God, you can do everything right in life. You can be a good person. You can have good intentions. You can treat people nicely. You can give all your money to the poor. You can you know, do all the nice things, help out on the coffee cart after the service, all the good things. But because we choose to be king of our lives and we make choices ourselves that lead to mistakes, We've said no to God and yes to us, and we are disqualified from being with God in heaven. But God has a story, a plan, to help fix this problem. And that's what we're going to look at today. We start in John chapter 1, verse 1 in Scripture, and it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing that was made has been made. And so what we see in this passage is that there is God and there is the Word, and there is creation. Now, to make it a bit simpler, let's call the Word, let's call the word Jesus. There's God and there's Word. So we've got three, no, we've got two parts of God in this passage, God Father, God, Son. But we also see there's an element that's sort of going to come into this in just a moment where spirit also comes into this idea. And sometimes we wrestle a little bit with the idea of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And it is a concept idea. Um, and it's, if you're going to make it sound really complicated, you call it Trinitarian theology. Um, 
Now, last week we talked about what is the meaning of life. Let's tackle Trinitarian theology today. Um, but there's this, this, this actual passage in Scripture that I think sort of helps us pull this apart just a little bit more. And the idea is if we were to say, in the beginning, we've got God who is the creator. We get this verse in Genesis chapter 1, in, in sort of verse 1 and verse 2 actually comes up, where it says, in the beginning, we'll start at verse 1. God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So now we see we've got Father, Son, and Spirit, and the Spirit's hovering over the water. There's something incredible about water that we're going to talk about in just a moment that I help, think helps us grapple with what can be a complex idea of God. You see, we've got Spirit hovering over the water. We then see... In Matthew chapter 3, that the Jesus is baptized before he starts his ministry. And as soon as Jesus is baptized, in verse 16, he went up out of the water, and at that moment the heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. We've got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit coming down to Jesus, who, hovering over the water. So we've got this idea that here's the three in these moments of significance in Jesus' ministry and the, the significance of creation. And we see the Spirit once again walking uh, on the water, or hovering over the water when Jesus goes to retreat to spend time with his Heavenly Father. His disciples have gone ahead of him across the lake on this boat and we read in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, and says, Surely before, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And so we see Jesus on the water. This idea of water is something that sort of captures our minds, where we see three times in Scripture that, that the Spirit, because Jesus is full of the Spirit after being baptized, is on the water. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What's the significance of water? Well, there's more significance than what we can touch on today. But what I love about this idea of water is water can be three things and still one. Water can be a liquid, it can be a solid in the form of ice, and it can be a gas in the form of evaporation or steam. And so you've got three things that, that water can be, yet it's still water. But in each of its forms, there is incredible strengths and talents and gifts that it can be used for in those forms. Ice... There's absolute extremes in our world. Ice, when they, they take vehicles through the ice fields, they've they got to reinforce the vehicles with, with thick steel because the ice will penetrate the, the normal materials used to build a vehicle. It is that strong. Ice can be that strong. We know that, that steam can be used to power things and you put your hand over the kettle as it's boiling like it hurts. You can't see it, but you can see the effect of steam. The, the steam engines used to create incredible power. Steam is, in its own form, something that is, has its own characteristics and uses, but is also special. And in its liquid form, we can see that the, the way that rivers can form channels and can change direction of how liquid can flow, and of course how water can be used to make coffee. But you can see that there is, there's three things that, that water can be used for. Very different, but still the same. And God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one and the same, very different in what they do, 
in their functions, but they're still the same. And we see that from the very beginning of creation. We see God is there and the Spirit and the Word. And then the beginning of Jesus' ministry, God is there with Spirit and Father. So we see that the God has made everything. We, we go on in verse 4 of John chapter 1. In him was life, and in that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness and to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came only to witness to the light, the true light. Uh, the, the true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but the own did not, his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human dissension, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. We skip through a few verses to verse 18. It says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So we see Jesus has seen God, he is God, and can make God known to us. You see, in, a, in this world, we see there's, this, there's something happening with God and Jesus. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why is this, this God being Jesus? Why, why is this happening? We see there's two versions of the story that we see in our world. The first version is, it's all about you. It's all about you. Get the most out of life. Do what you f feels good. Put yourself first. We've been chatting at a staff about it. at what point does self-care become selfish? You know, like it's, you know, I had a great day yesterday. I was working on motorbikes and cars and you know, it was great. I had an awesome day off just tinkering with stuff. A brilliant day. Now, I can't do that every day because I've got to earn money. Like, we've got to do stuff. Other things need doing. That was an awesome day. But if I did it every day, it's like, oh, you know. At what point do you go, look, I'm going to get my nails done. And, and that turns into, you know, I deserve this. You know, this doesn't just happen. You know, you know like, like, at what point does this self-care become selfish? And you start justifying things that maybe aren't a good decision anymore because you've gone too far. Into, you know, because it's all about you. It's all about you. The iPhone, the stuff that, that, it's our world, right? If I was to put that into a church context, you know, we all come to church because it's not about us, it's about God, right? We come to church to worship him to honour him, not for ourselves. But what if we had the same attitude as the world when we came to church? What, what if we came to church with this idea of it's all about us? It's all about, actually, it's all about me. Like, what, what, what would we sing? Like, what, what would the song sound like? I wonder if maybe some of the songs would sound a little bit like this. 
all about you. Now, the greatest collection of me worship ever assembled on one CD. It's all about now I lift my name on high. All 20 songs, all about you. This amazing collection is great to share with friends, if you have any. Everyone can join in the worship with you, for you, and about you. Because you are unique, and you love you. There is none like me. No one else All this can for do only $19.95. Like Operators are standing by to serve you. Thanks, guys. Um, I'll put the link to that clip on um, on our social media so you can have a look at it because it's um, it is pretty funny. But you can see how ridiculous it is too, right? Christmas version of it. Like, it just, it just you know, like, you laugh at it, you just go, man. Like, it, there's something in us that just, you know, we go, ha, 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 because inside you go, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. Like, me worship? Like, no. Like, yes, it's funny, but it's funny because it's, it's not the way it's meant to be. There's got to be a different way that, that, that aligns with our design. There's got to be something that, that's different in our world because if it's all about us, we've got all these different stories and we keep making bad choices. You see, see what ends up happening is because we've made our own choices, we cannot look into the face of God anymore. In, in last week when we talked about how we chose our own way rather than sitting in God's way, and then the, the, the end of Genesis chapter 3, he goes... You need to leave my presence. You need to leave this space that I've created for you called Eden. And no longer could we walk side by side with God. We couldn't be with him face to face because we have done the wrong things and we can't be with God. It doesn't mean God doesn't stop loving us. It doesn't mean God doesn't, you know, we're still created with a purpose. You're not an accident. You are loved. You're created for a relationship. All these things are still there, yet we can't look into God's face. When we look at Exodus, we see Moses was, had this opportunity to be in the same space as God, but he couldn't look upon God. If Moses looked at God, he would have died. Why? Because Moses had done the wrong things, and he had. He'd killed somebody, like he did really wrong things. And, and in that space, God passed by him, and Moses glowed as a result, like just of being in God's presence. But we couldn't look at God's face. But God has this plan. You see, what we just read in Scripture says that even though God created us, he wasn't known, like we, we didn't rep- couldn't recognize him. Even though the, the one who created us was with us, we didn't recognize, we didn't acknowledge who he was. You see, what's happening in this space is that we can't look at God in the face because of our actions, yet a loving God sends his son. And while we can't look at the face of God, we can look at the face of the Son. He has done everything possible to have a relationship with you and a relationship with me. We heard over communion that the verse that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we choose the wrong things, still God loves you enough that he wants to be with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so he humbles himself to the point where the creator of the universe comes to earth 
and, and sits with the, the selfishness and the, the poor decisions and the pain and the hunger and the things that we experience in life so that he can empathize with us and we can have a relationship with a God that knows what we're going through. That is incredible love. Incredible love. We, we read in John chapter 14, verse 7, it says, If you really know me, this is Jesus saying this, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Why? Because we've seen Jesus. If you want to know the Father, look at Jesus. If you want to see how God would act, see the way Jesus acted. You want to see how God loves us, see how Jesus loved us. You see, Jesus is God. But a God that can't break the rules. He said, I've set these rules. If you eat from this tree, Genesis chapter 3, you will surely die. We chose to eat from it. We're all going to face death. But he makes a way to have a relationship with him through Jesus. You see, because God sent Jesus... This story, the one story that matters the most, actually brings an incredible different message to the story that we make for ourselves. When we make these stories for ourselves, we're going to mess up. We're going to think of ourselves, we're going to put ourselves first, and we're going to do it wrong. Yet God has a story, an incredible story of love, that he has done everything possible for you to have a relationship with him. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done through Jesus. Last week we left with a tension. And the tension was that there's still sin in the world. Which means our eternity with God is in question. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he wants to have a relationship. Yes, we have purpose. Yes, we're created. But there's a tension because sin's still here. Today we're going to leave with a tension as well. Sin's still here. But what we do have is last week, you're not an accident, you have purpose, you are loved, you are created for a reason and for a relationship. This week, that relationship is with God himself through Jesus. And a bit of a spoiler alert, sin is about to be conquered in the series that already has been. That's the spoiler. But we're going to focus on that at Easter over the weekend about how this incredible story comes full circle not because of our actions, because of his. That while we couldn't look at his face, his face came to us. While we couldn't do any actions to repair, his actions came for us. You see, we, we end up with this understanding in scripture of this. You see, God's story makes a way. You see, our story leads to mistakes. But God's story, God's master plan, makes a way for us to have a relationship with him. To be restored the way that he wants us to be. You see, you can either choose your story or you can choose to be a part of the one story that matters most. How do you do that? We get to look into the face of our God when we look in the face of Jesus. Where do we see the face of Jesus? Well, we see it in God's word. We see it in our brothers and sisters. And you can tell when somebody's been in the face of Jesus by the words they say, the way they act, the, the way they love, the way they care, the way they share, all these things that we, we just go, yes, that's what life's all about. 
you know, on the things like selfishness and abuse and, and you know, those things that, that, that aren't of God. They're, they're the times that we go, there's, there's something that doesn't sit right. And we know that their moral standing comes from the way God's created us. God's story makes a way. You can choose your way or you can choose his. I'm going to offer a challenge this morning. And the challenge is this. If you haven't chosen Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Now, for some, you may have never chosen Jesus, and that's okay. For others, it may be, I've chosen Jesus, but I've, I've started following my own story. And yeah, I've made some big mistakes in that. And I, I, want, to, I want to change that direction. That's Okay. Um, But I'm going to ask everyone just to close their eyes while we pray this prayer. And just repeat it in in your head and in your heart. Loving Father, today I choose your story. Today I choose Jesus. I'm sorry for the bad decisions that I've made. And from this day forward... I invite you into my life to guide me, to lead me, and to love me as I choose a different life from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to um, make yourself known to one of the staff members. You go and see anybody that's got around you, any of the band members, the techies, anybody, um, techies and band members, if you're freaked out by that, come and see a staff member, all good. <laughs> but just all you need to say is, hey, I prayed that prayer. What we'd love to do is we'd love to give you a Bible. Um, in this, we see the one story that matters the most, lived out through God's creation and God's desire to have a relationship with you. We'd love to get this in your hand and, and teach you how to read it teach you how to to see God in it and through it. The other thing we'd love to have it talk to you about is the idea of baptism. And baptism in Scripture is you believed and you're baptised. And if you believe, and just be baptised. And what baptism is, is in the simplest form, is saying, you know what, I was living my story, and now I want to live yours. I want to give up the things I was doing. And from this day forward, I want to start living a different way. For some of us, though, it's you've been a Christian for a long time. You've believed this stuff. But maybe over the past couple of years, maybe you've felt like there's been a bit of a detachment and maybe you've been trying to do things under your own steam. Starting to think that it's all about you rather than all about Him. And you prayed that prayer thinking, you know what, I need to start again. Can you also let somebody know? You don't have to do that alone. We do this together. We're built for community. We're created to support one another through this journey. There is a bigger story at play than the story that that we see in front of us. And it's such a gift when you become a part of a bigger story where all of a sudden the songs, even on a Sunday, the songs fit the message even though the worship leaders didn't know what the songs were, what the message was. Or the communion lines up. Or somebody has a need and all of a sudden God's word speaks into that need. And, and, and we didn't even realize that that was a part of what was going on in their life. And, and God's story aligns us. 
God's story, because we're looking into the face of our God through Jesus, helps us make wise decisions, both in the big things and the small things. Like ice, the Father is the rock that we can depend on. Like water, Jesus' love flows through us. And like steam, the Spirit gives us the power to do things that are far elevated above what we can see. When we set our eyes on things above, we look into the eyes of our Lord and Saviour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning I pray that we would once again submit to the story that matters the most, knowing that it's not our story, but it's yours. I pray that we would see once again what love looked like, what love cost, and what love means for us. Not only did you make us with a purpose, but you gave everything for us when you gave us your son. Help us to see that that is the story that we get to be a part of, that a loving God made a way. May we find your way this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.